manufacturing, we, we generate more data than almost any other industry, banking, right, finance, transportation, and so forth. At the same time, there's another study that shows that manufacturing is at the low end of data maturity. In other words, we generate data, we just don't do anything with it. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hey, Jason, I just want to tell you real quick, uh, Chuck Regali from Alro Steel is going to stop by our studios later this afternoon. Chuck did a quote for me this week for Carr, and um, he just wanted to stop by and see how we looked. Great. Yeah, I'd love to hear from Chuck. He's a smart guy, always teaching me something new about steel. You bet. You bet. As a matter of fact, uh, he's coming in right now, and hey, Chuck. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Chuck? Good, good. Thank good, you. good. Happy New Year. Yeah, and the same to you, man. It's, uh, it's always good to see you, and uh, how are things at Elro? Good. Very good. good. Very good. A little challenging environment, different environment. Very well, though. It's, going it's always a challenging environment. It just, it's not easy. Anyway, Chuck, thanks for stopping by. I appreciate you checking up personally on that quote from the other day. Um, I, you know, I was just awed at how much different inventory Elro has at our disposal. I mean, it's just, it's fantastic for us small machine shops that we can just go online and order the whole entire package from one resource. One-stop shop for metals. Exactly. It's one of the biggest strengths to have the broadest portfolio of metals and plastics in the industry. It's a great strength for us. And like Jason just mentioned, one-stop shop is really it. We have a grocery store analogy. We have an aisle for just about everything. Like you keep saying, you want to build a bulldozer, we can probably sell you something out of every aisle. Yeah, you, you really do. I mean, I know that order had just about everything in it. Uh, aluminum, aluminum plate, aluminum bar stock, alloy steels, 4140, 4140 heat-treated, decarb-free products. Precision squared. Right. I mean, well, we, we, we had the value-added options included with that quote, too, which was I know we, we wanted to have some precision saw cutting done on the... Um, 304 stainless, ground the and polish. The 304 ground and polished. Right. As a matter of fact, I have to be honest with you, I had that quoted out from somebody else, not one other person could offer me a precision cut on that 304 stainless steel turn ground and polish material. Surprising how often we see that. And it's one of the strengths where we go in and basically are able to put the job to the technology of cutting, for example, in this case, that's required for you. We have band saws, pulse saws that move through material quickly, cold saws, thin curved blades for really thin parts to get better yield on the bar. So we can match up the job and the technology with what you're looking for. And cold saw cutting, we do a lot of. So is that 304 stainless steel shafting, what what kind of process is that? I mean, obviously it's a saw cutting process. Is it a cold sawing or what is it? In that case, we use a cold saw process where we have basically a rotary blade that'll come through and hold a we quote a plus or minus five yeah, and square and parallel. Fabulous. So it, it, it runs through uh, very fast with great finishes and great square and parallel so you can get closer to your finish, minimize facing stock, and, and improve yield of the bar. I know. It, so it's good. absolutely fantastic. Really. But, but that's, I mean, just in general. 
general, I would say that's one of the things besides having the broadest portfolio of metals and lots of inventory as a privately held company. We don't have the pressures on us that some of our competitors do that are publicly traded where, you know, we don't have to worry about earns and turns on the inventory. We can have the stock that's there that we need for our customers. And I'm telling you as a salesperson, I've never worried about having enough inventory to get our product to customers same or next day, which is our our strength. Mm -hmm. So all those things combined help take some of that and move some of these products upstream so you can get busy with your equipment that's so good at making precision parts, not having to worry about a precision cut and having to face off an eighth of an inch or more. You can get it in there and take one pass and be done. Uh, So it, it does help with the capital, the space, and the hiring of skilled labor to do those processes. Yeah, I love it. Sounds great. It's a it's a bright star out there, and I, I, I definitely see you guys on the uprise, and, and it's fantastic. It's just, it really is. Thanks. Hello, Metalworking Nation. Jim here at Making Chips. We are happy to be back and having you tune in to listen to us equip and inspire you. We're here in our downtown River North Chicago studio, sitting across the table from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Jay-Z, Jason Zanger. How you doing, man? Hey, Jim. How are you? I'm great. I'm good. Life I'm good. is great, man. Life is great. That's one of your core values, right? Sure is. Yeah. Great. You know, I was just thinking 30 seconds before we hit the record button on this episode, it's hard to believe that we're approaching our 100th episode. No, think about that for a minute. A hundred times we've actually sat down in front of these dang microphones. And said, hello, Metalworking Nation. And said, hello, Metalworking Nation. And we're still going strong. It's a little overwhelming. It is. I mean, yesterday we practically had a record download day. I mean, kudos to us, man, for for keeping it alive and well and and moving forward. I mean, um, cheers. It's great. It's great. I know. Yeah. I can't. I can't wait to develop our 100th episode. I think the the metalworking nation is going to be real excited to hear about that. Yeah. I mean, just recently, you know, I was at a manufacturing company and met a young design engineer named. Alex and you know he was just really excited about making chips and he said that we had really inspired him to make changes in their company you know he really enjoyed the the episode on 5S and just said that it's been very inspiring to have this platform to learn new things and to just feel more like a community and 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 see manufacturing elevated right i agree it's it's totally cool it's totally cool but with that i'd like to talk a little bit about some relevant manufacturing news. And as you know, we're going to have a new president as of tomorrow, right? Tomorrow's well, the day. Well, tomorrow's not tomorrow for people. So I know, but today as we record this on January 19th, tomorrow will be the day. So by the time this is aired, he will be in place and we will have a new president after eight years with the old one. So we'll see how that goes. But well, the, it's kind of funny, but the old one is actually younger than the new one. <laughs> right. He is... With that said, we we all know that Trump is pro-manufacturing, and the manufacturing news that I found just yesterday is about GM, and and the headline says GM will invest $1 billion, with a B, in U.S. manufacturing. It's a General Motors announced on Tuesday that it will invest $1 billion in its U.S. operations, bringing total investments since the car maker emerged from bankruptcy in 2009 to $21 billion. Wow. It's a lot of wow. money. 
Remember when they were going bankrupt? Remember when the government had, had to bail them to out? Bail out the car, them and Chrysler, and just them and Chrysler. Ford did not take any money. Ford did not, and I, I commend them for not being able to do that. Did you know that the Ford F one fifty, which I actually wanted to get a Ford F one fifty Raptor, I could see you driving um, one. Yeah, I like. I, I, it wouldn't be my first pickup. Actually, I've, I've owned a pickup truck before. Okay. Um, <laughs> So I wanted to get the Ford F-150 Raptor. Instead of getting one for myself, I actually got my my three-year-old son a little plastic Ford F-150 Raptor. Nice. Um, however, it's the number one selling vehicle in the United States. I did know that. And did you also know that you can know how a state will vote based on the type of car that that is the most popular in that state. Can you enlighten me a little bit more? So the Ford F-150 is the most popular vehicle in the country. Okay. But in some states, it's not. So okay. if the Ford F-150 or the Chevy Silverado is the most popular vehicle in that state, that state will certainly vote in a particular direction. And if, like, say, a Subaru is the most popular vehicle in that state, it's going to vote in the opposite direction. Yeah, so let's, let's talk a little bit more about the car companies and manufacturing. Yeah, because I've actually got something else, another in, article that I want to talk about, oh, too. Oh, you didn't share that with I, me. I know I didn't. Yeah, Surprise. Thanks. Yeah, good. It's hard to believe now that I think back to 2009 when it was gloom and doom, man. I mean, I it was bad. I mean, our business went down 60%, and uh, thank God we were able to hang on. And, you know, I know 35% of my competition went out of business during that last recession. Yeah, so kudos for you for yeah, hanging on. Yeah, I mean, we, we made it. We made it. But I, I'm really glad to hear, A, that these major U.S. car companies could thrive, and I'm glad to hear that they're really investing, their focus is U.S. facilities and Absolutely. U.S. employment. Right, and, and the blue-collar, middle-class worker. Right, because that is the fundamentals of our country and you know where it all began, and I think I think the general population of the United States is finally, it, it's resonating with them and they kind of understand it a little bit better than they did five to 10 years ago. Absolutely. So. They, they understand how important manufacturing is to this country now, but I think that the political machine lost sight of that importance. You know, in order to create wealth, you have to make something. You have to create something. I mean, there's a reason for that. Right. You can't just we can't you know, all be baristas. Just, no, we can't all Starbucks. be baristas. And you know, I mean, not that there's anything you know no, wrong with people that that's what they want to do. Right. But it doesn't help a country to elevate itself. I mean, I liked being a bartender when I was a bartender in my twenties. But let's face it, I mean, I need people that are working in manufacturing to develop money so they can tip me when I'm behind the bar serving them their gin and tonic. You got it. So so the article that I was going to yeah, talk about sure, is please. that GM at the same time almost announced that they're going to be laying off 2,000 workers Where? on Inauguration Day. So this is the funny what? thing about the article. So I did this, not hear this. This is an article in CNN, and the title of the article is 2,000 GM workers to lose jobs on Trump Inauguration Day. Now, I'm not like a proponent of or fighting for any kind of political party. However, it's just interesting because the entire article is about 
these GM workers losing losing their jobs and how sad it is and the personal stories behind them, which all of these things are very relevant, how much money they make and how these jobs are just very important to this city, which it is. Of course um, it is. There's a lot of relevancy to it. And just talking about, you know, Inauguration Day, Inauguration Day, Ryan, actually, I'll give him credit. He brought this um, to my attention. But when you get down to it, there's another reason why they're shutting down this plant. It's not the, profitable. It made There's one something. car, and that car doesn't sell anymore. Which one it, is it? It's what, the Chevy what Cruze. Okay. Nobody buys Chevy Cruzes. So, of course, you're going to shut down a plant that like. makes a car that nobody buys. Is it, I mean, a, con- is it, it a compact makes SUV? Well, you just proved the point of why they're shutting down the plant. You don't even know what it is. I don't even know what it is. So, I think that ultimately... They're probably going to shut down this plant, but if they're bringing back jobs like like they're talking about and not building a new plant in Mexico, they're going to retrofit that plant. You know, I think it's Lordstown, Ohio, who are going to be hungry for jobs. Not only hungry, they're going to be trained for those jobs. They're going to know how to make a car. They're they're going to know how to machine parts. They're going to have people in the community that are secondary machining companies that make parts for whatever kind of car moves into that plant. So it's just interesting. To me, it's it's very interesting the way that these articles that even we talk about on making chips are worded. And then if you really get down to it, the reason behind them is not always the reason that's in the title of the well, article. Well, there's been a lot of media about media nowadays, right? Yeah, there has. So yes. uh, it's really interesting to hear. And uh, the way we consume news nowadays. Well, I know how you consume news. You just read the title. Yep, just about. Well, if it doesn't if it doesn't interest me, I'm not going to go on. I heard a I heard somewhere that we are hit with like 15,000 things a day trying to sell us something. You get you're, snippets all day long. Yeah, whether if you're scanning through your news feed on Facebook or LinkedIn, there's Well, it makes you cra- it makes you crazy. It makes it makes me nuts. It rewires your brain. I mean, it, your brain has been rewired how you, how you consume things now because right. of just those short little snippets and and you haven't taken the time to read the rest of it right. where you get down to the bottom of this article and you're like this isn't about politics. This is about the Chevy Cruze. Right. Not, nobody's buying it anymore. Of course, they're shutting the plant down. And the you thing don't that grabbed their attention was the two thousand people laid off at well, GM on, on inauguration day. And that's the problem. That's the and problem. That's, that's, the, that's problem the problem with the way that the news media is right now. So yeah. if you want to get relative manufactured news, you got to tune into Making Chips to get the whole story. Bam! I love it. So Jason, I have a question for you. Did, did you ever? Or am I too old to ask this question? Did you ever sit down with a newspaper on Sunday and go through and read it all? Oh, yeah. No, I... I, I mean, was that part I, of your your no, Sunday routine with the pot of coffee? No. No. It is never in my routine, but I do love picking up a newspaper. Okay. I still like to buy a, a paper book and... Yeah, that I know. the pages that I know. and turn the pages. But I mean, well, but I mostly about... read electronically, but yeah, I, I like reading a newspaper. Yeah. You know, well, it's, con- yeah. it's... We're talking about consuming media. Right. And it just seems like, obviously, we're, we're, the way we consume media is we're choosing the media we want to consume electronically, however it is, however it's focused at us. Because, you know, all the, the news that we see is sponsored news, like on our social media pages, it knows about us because when we set up those pages, they know to advertise or shoot news to middle-aged baby boomer male that owns a business in Chicago. Right. So they're shooting up news articles that are relevant to my demographic. Yeah, I mean, I very rarely go on to like social media and stuff like that anymore. I mean, okay. you know, it's, it's almost like non-existent for me at this point. Right. I, just, I just don't like it anymore. Okay. But I mean, I do like 
I do enjoy reading a newspaper once in a while. It's usually when I'm away from home and, you know, there's a free newspaper at my hotel room or yep. something like that. But I mean, I read twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening, and the rest of the time I'm consuming via audio. So I, I don't get the opportunity to read a newspaper, unfortunately, but I do know what a newspaper is, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> I knew you knew what it was, but I, I just wanted to know how how you interpreted it. Yeah, because I know you like to read a newspaper. I do. With a, with I, a do. Cup and of I mean, that was on that the was, weekends, right? Yes, exactly. And, you know, that used to be a big part of our culture back in the 80s. And I think our guest that's here in our studio would agree with me as well that we enjoyed those Sunday mornings, full pot of coffee, big, thick Sunday newspaper, boom, you'd go through everything. And you'd get news that wasn't slighted to your demographic. So it's just... It's It's not targeted. It's not targeted. It's not targeted at all. So anyway, I'm super excited about our guest that we have in our studio today. He is a repeat guest. I know we'll introduce him just in just a little while, but I I do want to share with the Metalworking Nation that we are going to be traveling to Sacramento, California in late February to do an interview with Titan Gilroy. If, If you don't know who he is, he's a pretty robust guy that's pretty relevant in and aggressive in manufacturing technology. And What's a robust guy? A robust, I know what a robust wine is or yeah, a robust something um, else. In your face kind of okay. robust. Okay, I that's, guess we'll find that's out. That's what I mean, yeah. So I'm looking forward and to that. We're going and out there and we're going to have some fun too. Well, we're going to enjoy ourselves. You better, be, you better be off this darn diet by the time we get out to be. Napa Valley. I that's will. for sure. I will. Because we certainly want to have a little bit of wine while we're out there. Yes, but uh, yeah, all, all things are looking good for the next few months, and uh, please keep tuning in to to hear what we're doing to equip and inspire you. But anyway, I wanted to uh, share with everyone that we do have a return guest in our studio today. His name is Jeff Rizzi, and he, of course, works for Santa Coromont. Uh, Jeff was with us earlier this year. I believe it was in June, and we talked a lot about digital manufacturing and what that meant to the average manufacturing company, machine shop like mine, and I really think that Jeff helped us convey the message on what it really means to a manufacturer and how they can start to implement baby steps forward to get it implemented in their company. That was how digitization will affect manufacturing, and that was episode 74. Thank so you. if you go to makingchips.com slash 74, you will see Jeff's face, and you can listen all about digitization. And I would highly recommend to go back and listen to that episode as well. Yep. Well, this is going to be a follow-up because I did have a, a robust conversation with Jeff yesterday on the phone, and I really think we've got some good information is to robust share. robust the word of the day? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The episode. yeah, 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 yeah. I can go with that. We can put that in the the notes, Ryan. Define robust. Yeah, you're asking. Yeah, big, powerful, positive. Okay. Yeah. We'll ask the metal working nation to tell us if you were accurate with that definition. Okay. Great. I'm going to read Jeff's bio, and then I'd like you to introduce him. Jeff is a veteran in the manufacturing industry. He started in the early '80s much like me, as a machinist, much like me, and worked through various roles on the shop floor. He segued into various technical and strategic leadership roles for the major players, obviously Sandvik, Coromont, Mazak, and Emerson Electric, all major brands that we all know and love. For the past 21 years, Jeff has been with Sandvik, Coromont, and his current role is a senior manager of business development 
He is responsible for development of calculated initiatives and business cases across America with a focus on future business needs and the creation of new revenue streams. In addition, he has responsibility to promote the future of manufacturing, which I wholeheartedly believe, believe he is doing. Jeff has extensive international strategic planning and implementing experience, working to drive and support key initiatives of manufacturing customers through positions such as tooling systems manager, global customer manager, and director of machine investments. And that is Jeff Rizzi, and I welcome you again to Making Chips. Yeah, welcome, Jeff. Well, thank you very much, uh, Jason and Jim. I appreciate it. I'm actually honored to be on your almost 100th episode too so it is really exciting i don't know what number this is but we're really getting close i i have to say jeff that if i were to work for a um for a tooling company you sort of have like this dream description of a job like or i guess if i were to work for any other company i mean to to focus on future business needs and the creation of new revenue streams i mean that's like really hits home with me i mean that's like a visionary type job position and you know i'd like to start off by by asking how did you get that job of you know being a visionary at sandvik and say what does our future look like and and how do we create new revenue streams Interesting question. It actually started with I didn't have a job. Uh, it, it really is a new role that was created by my then boss who put me into that role. And, and she was looking for something a little different. We've never had anybody in this particular role to do what I'm doing now, at least in the Americas. We have business development people sitting in, in Sweden and so forth, but this is a completely new role. So um, I just think it, quite honestly, it was almost like kismet. It was, you know, she was looking for somebody for that role. I was looking to make a, uh, you know, a change in the position that I had at the time, and, and it just worked out perfectly. So Great. And you enjoy it. Oh, God. I, I, I love it. I mean... I can see it, I'm, yes. I'm spending the majority of my time in the digital area now, and it's... I think I said it the last time, it's both scary and exciting all at the same time um, to think about what is coming to the machine shop and how it's going to evolve um, and and really being kind of the first look at what's really going to happen. Yeah, I mean, disruption is scary. You know, but you need to you need to confront it head on and say we need to look differently. I look at that from from my company's perspective all the time. I mean, I think the one of the things that that makes me a little bit different is that I don't have any love for this is the way we've always done it or this is the way we've always looked like. And I'm causing some disruptions myself and saying we need to look like look at this from a blank slate and 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 not the way that we've always done it. And it sounds like you're doing that same thing. Well, right. I mean, for me, that's the my first clue that we need to do something different is when I'm told, well, we've done it that way for 20 years, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's agree. a clue that we have to change yep. something if we're gonna if we're gonna keep pace or actually stay ahead of the competitors. And let me tell you, manufacturers do not want to change. They do not want to move forward with anything. Probably the most conservative group of people you'll ever run into. Yeah, I mean, it even comes down to if that APKT doesn't come in this color box, it's not going to work. It's got to come in this box. <laughs> or else it's and they not better not work. change the color. <laughs> and they right? better not change the color. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or the grade. It better be, you know, X, Y, Z. That same grade that they've been using for 20 <laughs> yeah, exactly. years. I know. It drives me nuts. It so, drives me nuts. Yeah. But anyway, I want to start out, kick off the the episode and just say, you know, we know that uh, Sandvik was obviously really relevant at IMTS. You were there and during your your 
one week stay there, you introduced hard solutions. It was a conceptual program. Is that is that right? Yeah, it was actually both uh, conceptual as a platform and then some hard solutions within the platform itself. Got it. So when I talked to you yesterday briefly on the phone, we talked a little about what that open platform was. So I'd like you to go ahead and introduce that new Coromant Sandvik um, platform and, and tell us a little bit about it because I think it's just extremely exciting technology that's about to come out. And it's, as far as I can hear, it's going to be very easy to implement into our, our machine shops. Yeah, exactly. So, so the platform itself, basically, there's a new brand name that you know comes along with the platform. So it's called Coro Plus. So Coro Plus is a it's a brand name for us now, and you'll start to see this name um, as you know part of product solutions or offer solutions. But then you'll also see some legacy solutions that will add a plus sign after it as part of the name. And essentially, what it does is it 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 identifies these solutions as digitally connected solutions, right? So they're, they're an enhanced solutions that allow, we, we kind of say these are digitally connected solutions made ready for industry 4.0. That's kind of the, the tagline that we, that we talk about. So Jeff, yesterday you had mentioned to me this open platform. There's three different types of strategies within that platform that you start to implement this Coral Plus in the pre-machining, the in-machining, and the advanced machining analytics aspect. Let's go through some of the bullets that we, we talked about um, and, and talk about. So I, I'm that guy in the shop, and uh, we're starting to implement Coral Plus into our tooling systems. Uh, the first one you had mentioned is the tool guide. Tell, tell us and our listeners a little bit about the tool guide. Okay. Yeah. So, so the tool guide is uh, Jim, as you you mentioned, is it actually sits in in our pre machining, right? Our right. Pre machining connectivity area, and, and what the what the Core Plus tool guide does is it's actually um, an enhanced version of what we've had for about twenty years, which was Core Guide. So, essentially, what the Core Plus tool guide does is it manages all of the technical details of the tooling that you might want to use. So, you know, if you have a specific application that you want to actually uh, specify, um, you would you would go to the tool guide. You can select the, the type of cut. Maybe I'm face milling or drilling a hole or boring a hole, and it will help you select the right tool for that application. And then further, it will help you actually select the right cutting data to actually apply those tools and the material you're cutting on the machine you're cutting. So it manages all so of So it knows the horsepower of the machine tool. It knows the type of material that I'm using. It knows the tools that are in my tool library, and it helps you. It helps pick and select for you. C- correct. So you, okay. exactly. So you can start to customize, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and you know what we've done with the Core Plus tool guide, what makes it kind of uh, more an advantage is we've added this API or this applications programming interface. And what, what's unique, what, what that does is it actually helps you connect that system directly to your cam system or to other software platforms. So if you think about the way a cam programmer does their work today, right? They're in their cam environment, they're they're programming, oh, I need tooling. They, you know, they stand up and they walk over and they grab their paper catalog off the shelf, right? Yep. And yep. they thumb through it and they find what they need and then they start typing that stuff back into 
you know, their digital cam system so that they leave their environment, they go back to their environment. This allows them to stay inside the environment and you can start to get your recommendations. You can start to do drag and drops, right? You can pull information right into your cam system and you never leave the environment. So cool. Right? So cool. And I totally get where, where Sandvik's strategy is behind that because the minute that guy gets up from his computer to go grab that paper catalog to get the tooling data that he's got to go back in, the distraction and the disruption from him getting up, someone's going to ask him a question, and then by the time he goes back and sits down at his desktop or his laptop to finish programming that, he's going to have to rethink everything. Everything's going to have to be regained again. So I, I think that's a great strategy. So tell us a little bit about the silent tools. The, you said that the legacy tools are enhanced with digital connectivity. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. That's in the pre-machining. That That's actually the in-machining area. Oh, it is in right? the... So, yeah, so silent tools plus Okay. is... Well, we don't have to go to the in-machining just yet. I want to stay within the pre-machining aspect. Um, what what else? The Advian brand. Why don't you share with us a little about th- that? I had a hard time understanding it, but why don't you elaborate a little bit more. It's not a Coral Plus brand. Correct. Correct. And tell us the reasons why and what it does. Okay. So so Advion is a is a tool library and it's designed again to be bolted right onto your CAM system. The reason why we didn't want to brand it Cora Plus or even you don't see Cora Mott branding on yep. it is because we want it to be brand agnostic. The brand agnostic part allows you to, because it's built on a platform, which is what's called ISO 13399. Mm -hmm. And what that platform actually does is it standardizes the way you describe a tool digitally. Before this standard, all tooling companies used their own flags for how to describe a tool. Like, you know, Sandy Cormont would maybe describe the length of a tool as like L sub one. Um, you know, another competitor might, you know, describe it as OAL and somebody else might call it something else. So there was no way to actually manage this data in a, in a reasonable way. So Sanvi Cormont saw standardization. This, yeah. We yeah. saw this as an issue early on. Yeah. Everyone's... So we worked with ISO to actually implement this, this standard. Makes sense. Yeah, it sure does. That'll, that'll definitely make things easier to, you know, research product and make sure that you're getting the best tool for the job. Going into in-machining connectivity, why don't you elaborate a little bit about those things that uh, San Vicoraman is doing? It's really exciting. Actually, you're, you're right. It's pretty cool <laughs> what we've actually started to introduce. So there, there's three products or solutions that we've introduced underneath this platform. And essentially what we're trying to do is start to build um, intelligence further down into the cutting zone, right? Using sensors to embed some sensors and tooling and get more intelligence and more information about what's happening down in the cutting zone. So there's three things that we've introduced. One was this uh, Silent Tools Plus. Mm-hmm. So Silent Tools Plus is is really an, uh, a dramatic upgrade to a really highly successful Silent Tools platform that we have, which is which is an anti-vibration dampen, you know, vibration dampening technology for long boring applications. Sure. So you, you started this technology in that silent tool devibration part. That's where you started to implement it first? Yeah, that's, this is the first tool that we've actually started okay. to embed, okay. embed some sensors into. Because you probably thought that you were going to get your most data points from that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a number of reasons for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, just because that tool tends to be a... 
a, a real popular tool and a problem solver, right? And, right. and it and it works very well. So it's 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 a really good place to actually do this because you you tend to sell this tool and 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 some aerospace applications where you might want to get additional data out of this tool. Got it. So so what we've done with this tool is is you know on the one end it still looks like the silent tool. It still does what it does and it. Eliminates, it still, cuts metal. Yeah, it still yeah. cuts metal and eliminates vibration like it always did. On the other end, we've embedded some sensors in it, and we've also put Bluetooth data distribution capability. So these sensors, they do a couple of things. So first thing it does is actually helps you set the tool up easier. So if you think about this long boring bar, you think about maybe a, a boring bar that's a couple inches in diameter, maybe, you know, 20, 30 inches long, oh, wow. right? That's a big boring bar. Right? And you start, to, you start to try to set this tool up. It's critical that the top of the insert is at the center line of your bore. Right. So today, the way we do this, you know, an operator may stick a level on top of that, right, and, and, and try to do that. Of course, if you got a slant bed machine, that doesn't work so well because you're sitting at 30 degrees and level's not level anymore. Um, you might use a feeler gauge, and some people use the old, oh, I'll just eyeball it. Well, what happens is because of the sensors and the Bluetooth, I can actually connect the sensors to an iPhone using an app, or I can connect it to an iPad or you know Any some device. other device. I can have it to my machine control. And now I can see a, a readout of where the insert is in relationship to the center line of the machine. I actually thought that the direction you were going to go into was that you know these sensors were going to allow you to change the feed or the or, or the or the the depth in order to decrease the the dampening when when you get to that point. Okay, so perfect perfect segue because that's the other part of the sensor technology. So the first okay. part is just for easier configuration of the tool itself. The second part is you can actually monitor things in cut. So it has some sensors in there that monitor vibration, monitor the temperature of the actual dampening system itself so that you don't overheat that. You can actually track surface finish, right? Because it understands the movement of the bar Mm -hmm. and the feed rate. So you can actually start tracking surface finish and you can pull all that data out via Bluetooth you know, and with that, you can start to chart, you can graph, you can you can run quality control. If you're in, you know, like high value areas, you can, you know, run traceability reports. As somebody that helps our customers in order to see cost savings and productivity improvements, I mean, that's that's going to be really helpful for us. Yeah, totally. So so go on, Jeff. So now the Coral Bore Plus, what how do, how does that help us? Right. So 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 the Coral Bore Plus is again, it's a it's a digitally upgraded version of a legacy platform. So basically, it's a fine boring unit. Uh, Jim, I think you use these in your plant, probably You're, in your uh, shop, right, right now, right? Um, so you know the normal fine boring unit is is you know to 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 adjust it, you engage a wrench into the dial, right, and it's got a little little you know the little hash marks on the dial, and you turn it as much as you think you need to open it up, right? So right. You, you take a cut, you measure, your operator reaches in, he engages the dial with a wrench. Um, he kind of can see it okay. He doesn't see it great. Makes the adjustment. Maybe he drops his wrench down into the chip bin. Done it myself. Right, and it, you got to wait for it to come out of the chip conveyor. We know. I mean, we all see what happens. Right. With this tool, what, what changes is you get rid of the, the manual engagement. You get rid of the dial because what we've done is we've, we've added digital motors and digital Bluetooth technology. So now you can actually make the adjustment using an app, again, off of your cell phone. Isn't that the coolest? Off your iPad, off your control. So now you go in, you make your measurement, you take your cut, and you just send a signal to the tool 
to open up, you know, two, three microns, whatever you need to make. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. I would love to see that in right. process. Right. I, I would, it's, it's like really state of the art. So, and then the other thing you were t- telling me about is Promos 3 Plus. Please elaborate on that one. Right. So, Promos 3 Plus is actually a solution that comes from a company that we purchased about a year ago called Promatech. So, what this does is it hooks up right into your machine control, goes into, inside your machine cabinet, and it's taking this hot stream of data. It's looking for either patterns or anomalies, right? Patterns generally to help you identify like the, the, the tool's wearing out kind of on a, on a normal curve, or it's looking for an anomaly. Like a says, spike. Yeah, a spike. You know, you broke a tool. And, it, and it, you basically want to shut the machine down. So it really starts to do this adaptive control and manages, really kind of manages the tools the way they're designed to be used. You know, not requiring the operator to be standing there with his hand on the button, right, ready to shut things down at right. any given minute. Right. So cool. So cool. And the last bullet to this new Coral Plus platform is advanced machining. Yeah, it's it's really the advanced machining analytics. Okay. And essentially what the advanced machining analytics is, it's it's taking all the knowledge that Samvik Cormont has around machining and metal cutting, combine that with knowledge that customers have around machining and metal cutting and, and manufacturing, and starting to build algorithms, right, to 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 understand what the data is telling them. Right, because I I can I can hook up to my machine and I can pull all the data in the world. If right. I don't know what this combination of sensors, it doesn't mean anything. It's pretty overwhelming, actually. And and I would say for the for the average eighty percent of the metalworking nation, I mean, having all that data, it's like, well, I don't know what to do with that. There's actually a statistic that I don't know the exact numbers, but manufacturing is near the top of any other industry. We, we generate more data than almost any other industry, banking, right, finance, transportation, and so forth. But at the same time, there's another study that shows that manufacturing is at the low end of data maturity. In other words, we generate data, we just don't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. so what you're saying is all of those tips and tricks and all those variables that we're learning as we're standing at the machine adjusting the feed rate adjusting the rpm adjusting the 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 setup the fixturing the 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 tool holding those that's all data that we're getting it's just not it's just not being written it's 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 in our heads it's it's only what we see and get exposure to it's that and even digital data, right? Okay. That's coming out of the, the factory floor. But I mean, you hit on a perfectly, for me, a, a really important point, which is, you know, today we tend to do everything with tribal knowledge, right? Right. I mean, I don't know about you, Jim, but I have at home, I have a notebook for every position I ever had in the shop as a machinist, right? As a tool and die maker, as an engineer, and it's a different notebook. That information never get shared with anybody else. It's my information, it's tribal knowledge, and that's really the problem that we have today. One of the big problems we have in manufacturing is we just don't share. And and that's what we think that digital is going to do automatically for us, right? Because you're going to collect data, you're going to start to do machine learning, you're going to start to do process learning, right? And you're going to start to accumulate where you can feed information both forward and backwards 
in the value stream. I love that about digital manufacturing. And that's also one of the reasons that making chips exists is to be a conduit for for sharing that knowledge and to making sure that it gets out to the younger generation, the people that aspire to be at the level of knowledge that you're at. And maybe they don't want to put in, you know, they want to get it quicker because they want to move on to the next level. So absolutely. Well, it, it certainly is all exciting. You know, I, I was going to ask you, though, Jeff, I wrote one question down while you're talking here that I want to be our last question of the day. Is this type of technology for a small shop like Car Machine and Tool yet? And and when do you think that it will be? Because this is pretty high-tech stuff. This is pretty this is pretty state of the art. This is It really is. It really is. And is the small 10-man machine shop ready for this type of technology? Can they afford it? Yes. Okay. So so there's you know if you think about this technology almost thinking about the way we buy cars, right? There's the, you know, and I hate to put it this way, right? There's the Corolla version, there's the, right, the Camry version, there's the Lexus version, right? You you never go buy the Lexus first, right, as a kid out of out of college, right? You start and you work your way up. Entry level. Entry level, and for me, step 1 is is OEE monitoring. It really is understanding your shop flow understanding what's going on at your machine with fact-based data. Um, you and I have had this conversation that, that to, you know, we tend to run our shops with this, you know, the, the term I use is management by walking around. Mm-hmm. I get up and I walk around and I see that things are running. Yeah, you listen for the vibrations right. and, you know, yeah. It, and it works, but if you're not there, you really don't know what's happening or why it's happening. Or you haven't spent 10 years in the shop to understand what those sounds are. Correctly. Correct. So e- even our guys, when we do what we call a PIP, you got to just stand at, at the machine to understand what's re- right to get the baseline first. You can literally hook up to the machine, pull the data for a week, and you'll have way better knowledge about what that machine did for that week than if you stood in front of it. No kidding. Believe it or not. I would really like to see that data someday and just siphon through it and see how valuable it is and see how I can use it to to make us more efficient. To me, it's just really exciting stuff. Honestly, Jeff, this has been... This has just been very informative and, you know, this definitely better prepares me for the future in order to help, um, you know, our manufacturing clients to just elevate yeah, their game. Yeah, that's you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you and say, hey, yeah. I, I want to get data. this stuff. How much is Give it Give me some cost? data. When can you get it on my sh- <laughs> ship at UPS Red next day air, man? I want it. I, I got a hot job from a big OEM and I need this. I want this. Let's get it going. Mm-hmm. So... That's what it's all about. But no, Jeff, thanks so much for coming again. It's been an absolute pleasure to to listen to all this great new innovative tooling solutions that Santa Cormont's got coming through through. And um, I look forward to the day that I can actually pick up my smartphone, Bluetooth into that tool in the machine, and and collect that data and just that that will be the day we'll ha- we'll have to do a live broadcast the day we do that that Sounds would be great. cool oh, oh yeah i yeah. mean I, I think i think you're really going to i mean this is a really exciting area as you can kind of tell I know, even I'm getting, maybe can, by the sound of my voice i yeah. i love it and and i think you you'll probably be distracted doing your making chips episodes you know while you're 
seeing what's happening in your shop on every machine, <laughs> you know, from your dashboard that you'll have on your phone or your your laptop there. So it's amazing. Too cool. Sure changes quickly. It sure does. Wow. Uh, is that all we have? That's uh, all we have. Jay-Z? Yes. All right. Well, uh, again, it's, uh, it's always rewarding to hear the new stuff. I, I sometimes think that we're in a better situation than a lot of people because we're exposed to all these new innovative things, whether it's tooling, whether it's marketing, whether it's ERP software. Absolutely. And, and anybody, that, pe- yeah, everybody that listens to making chips, I mean, you're going you're gonna to get a lot of good knowledge that's going to help you in the future. Yeah, yeah. Equip and inspire. Yep. I'm going to go back to car tomorrow and I'm going to make some chips. Yep. So with that, bam. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. So you're going to count me down, my friend? Uh-huh. Let me yawn first. Oh, <laughs> shit.